Welcome, everybody, back to the True Tech Podcast. This is episode 95, and in this episode, we'll be talking about Apple's March 8th event, Samsung's MWC event, LinkBuds, and much, much more. We'll get right into those stories after today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is you. You can help support the show by heading over to merch.streamelements.com slash jlaman where you can check out the true tech merch including hoodies, t-shirts, mugs, mouse pads, and much, much more. So go over and check it out at merch.streamelements.com slash jlaman. Back to the show. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the True Tech Podcast. It's been a while since I've made an episode, but uh, yeah, in this episode, we'll be talking about a lot. And it's really just four weeks of tech news into one episode for all of you guys. So um, it's going to be a long one. All right, let's just dive right in and talk about uh, Rockstar's new game, Grand Theft Auto 6, GTA 6. Um, and a new entry in the GTA series is in active development, according to Rockstar Games. And they really have confirmed it themselves, and I'm quite excited to see uh, what their release of this game might look like, since uh, GTA 5 is getting pretty old. And in more immediate future, the Grand Theft Auto Online will release on PS5 and Xbox Series X and S uh, on March 15th. So the popularity of this game has been huge, so I'm not too surprised that they're coming out with another sequel uh, and continuing on the GTA series of games. Ever since, uh, I think, I believe it was like 20, 2008, uh, which was uh, GTA 4. So yeah, it's it's been quite a while since PS uh, GTA 5 has came out, so... I'm really excited to see and play this game in person, and I'm kind of wondering what kind of uh, systems they're going to be launching this game on, whether that's going to be uh, the Xboxes again or PC exclusive. All right, let's move on to uh, just uh, some stuff we missed um, like four weeks ago, Samsung's Galaxy S22 event. It's really been a while, but yeah, this phone has came out like in February actually, and <laughs> we're finally talking about it now. But at Samsung's first Galaxy Unpacked event for 2022, which was in February, they released a whole slew of phones, the Galaxy S22, S22 Plus, and the S22 Ultra, which basically was a successor to the once popular Galaxy Note line. Samsung claims that the S22 Ultra has a faster response time for the S Pen. The other changes are a bit more minor, but uh, it includes a slight redesign, more updated night capabilities in the camera system, and the S22 and S22 Plus are just minor tweaks on the inside, uh, with the design just practically staying the same. If last year's Galaxy S21 Ultra with a 6.8 inch screen looked like it should have had more space for a stylus, it's because Samsung was already thinking about it. This year, the Galaxy S22 Ultra is the new Galaxy Note but with an even better response time at 9 milliseconds for the S Pen stylus. 
The camera hardware is similar to the previous model with a 108 megapixel main shooter, 3x and 10x telephoto cameras, and an ultra wide, but the low light quality and portrait mode with depth mapping are improved. Raw shooting is also now available on the device, and the device can fast charge at 45 watts. The Galaxy S22 Ultra starts at $1,200 with 128 gigs of RAM. It comes in a variety of colors, uh, in a new design that may be more, a little more polarizing to the eye. But the Galaxy S22 and S22 Plus look quite similar to the outgoing S21 models, but have some new matching colors for the camera bump and body uh, of contrasting colors. And the real and the physical improvement really just comes with the um, the type of glass they use. They use Gorilla Glass Victus Plus on both the front and back instead of the cheap plastic-y, cheap plasticky glass that the previous base models had. So um, the screens are 6.1 and 6.6 inches, uh, which is at a resolution of 1080 by 2340, which isn't to high res. The cameras are improved with better night imaging and a better portrait mode. The Galaxy S22 starts at $800 and the Plus version starts at $1000, both with 128 gigs capacity of uh, storage and 8 gigs of RAM. Another uh, product that they came out with was the S8 Ultra, the Tab S8 Ultra. Um, and this is Samsung's highest end tablet and it's a 14.6 inch OLED tablet that starts at $1,100. The Galaxy Tab S8 12.4 inch and 11 inch Galaxy Tab S8 models have a 120Hz refresh rate display, but the bigger one now has an OLED screen with a notch on the top. They all run Android 12, including Samsung's latest attempt to create a better multitasking experience. And they can also connect to a Samsung PC as a second display. The 11-inch tablet starts at $700 and the Plus model starts at $900. So all very exciting stuff. And I'm really glad that Samsung has released something in, something new in the tablet market since Apple is really dominating here and uh, they really have to do more to compete with Apple. All right, let's talk about LinkBuds. And LinkBuds have been out for around three weeks now but um they're they're an interesting take from sony on like basically linking your digital world with your surrounding outside world which is really cool in the sense that it basically has a hole cut out like near your eardrum so you can basically hear your surroundings without having to do any digital uh amplification of your surrounding so it's a really interesting take from Sony, and it does look pretty strange uh, if you haven't seen it yet. It makes complete sense that really people uh, refer to open earbuds like Apple's AirPods or Samsung's Galaxy Buds Live, but I really think that Sony has done something different, and they don't really go in your ear canal like most earbuds do. And this is not Sony's first attempt to making earbuds. They have made some noise-canceling earbuds, uh, like the WF-1000X Mark IVs, for example, and also the WC-500 Buds. But this is really different, and Sony's just trying to open a new market for earbuds. So this does start at $180, which is ex quite expensive. But um, some of the 
some of the stuff that makes this earbuds these earbuds so good is just like how comfortable it is um you, you can basically keep aware of your surroundings 24 7 while wearing these they have excellent mics and it sounds great but in loud environments it is going to be here it's going to be hard to hear what you're trying to listen to um which is like really the only downside and why i like i prefer noise canceling earbuds over earbuds like these since you can control the amount of ambience you want uh using the earbuds so the case is relatively small and they come in uh, a gray and white color and it's 100% recycled plastic, so helps the environment. Um, and yeah, if you haven't seen it, I really recommend you guys just check out how it looks. It looks quite weird. Um, but just it, just think about it like Apple's AirPods 3 or AirPods 2, where they don't really go in your ear canal, but um, they just sit on top of your ear so you can still hear your surroundings. It's basically like that, but this one has a hole. So, interesting take from Sony. I'm glad Sony has come out with these earbuds. I'm not sure if I know anyone who's gonna pick these up, uh, because, you know, <laughs> noise-canceling earbuds, I think, have really just taken over the earbud market and are just better overall for the everyday person that needs to commute, do your work, I don't know, cancel out noise around them. But yeah, that's just my take on the Link Buds from Sony. Okay, let's talk about Samsung's MWC event recap. And they didn't really uh, come out with much, but this event took place around three weeks ago. Uh, but yeah, this was a little after Samsung's first unpacked event, but they specifically launched the Galaxy Book 2 Pro and Galaxy Book 2 Pro 360 with uh, improved webcams, better resolution, and a wider field of view. And there's like more security stuff on these laptops to uh, basically just enhance the, um, just like the Knox system inside. But apart from those, uh, the Galaxy Book 2 Pro and Galaxy Book 2 Pro 360 Samsung introduced a little more than a year ago, uh, though I'll have to really give a more definitive verdict once the devices arrive, uh, which is going to be launching in April. So the Galaxy 2, the Galaxy Book 2 Pro, Samsung's Pro laptop, starts at $1,049 for the 13.3-inch model. And this comes with Intel's 12th gen core processor, which powers both the models. Um, so you'll be able to get Intel's newest onboard graphics in case the 15.6 inch Galaxy Book 2 Pro on the Galaxy Book 2 Pro. And you'll get more advanced uh, um, webcams and an AMOLED display and up to 21 hours of battery life with 5G and Wi-Fi 6E connectivity. And the Galaxy Book 2 Pro 360 uh, also has Intel Arc graphics, which is Intel's latest and greatest graphics, and 5G connectivity. The Galaxy Book 2 Pro 360 uh, supports many of the same features as the Galaxy Book 2 Pro, including the improved webcam, and this model specifically is a 2-in-1 that converts into a tablet. And it starts at $1,250 for the 13.3-inch model. 
And basically, that's kind of what they announced in the beginning. But um, they also launched the Galaxy A53, which is just minor tweaks and changes uh, to their budget lineup. And it features a 6.5-inch display, 5,000 milliamp hour battery, Exynos 1200 chipset. And yeah, it's just basically up- updating their affordable lineup of phones at that $300 to $400 uh, price point. But that's basically what uh, they launched at their event. There wasn't much that really went on at M- MWC this year. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's not too bad of a start for Samsung uh, in 2022. All right, let's move on to Oppo's Find X5 Pro, which is their latest smartphone. And Oppo unveiled the Find X5 Pro around February, but uh, it recently launched to the Asia like in uh, in March. But um, basically, uh, this phone, the main selling point of this phone is the charging speeds, the cameras, and the display. So, Oppo loves fast charging, um, and at they love they love doing it at crazy speeds, up to two hundred watts. I mean, that's not gonna be in this phone, but um, they are charging it at uh around a hundred watts, which is pretty crazy for smartphones and. Uh, if you really think about it, it's you're gonna think that it's gonna degrade the battery, and the battery health is gonna really decrease in short periods of time. And you're probably right about that. But Oppo has said that uh, this phone can reach 1600 tra- charging cycles, uh, which is double what the industry standard is. The company sent a press release explaining in detail how the battery life cycle got longer while keeping ultra fast charging speeds. So the battery innovations are packed under the brand battery health engine, which includes two key technologies, smart battery health algorithm and battery healing technology. The algorithm tracks the electric potential across the negative electrodes inside the battery in real time. That way, it can adjust the charging current within a range that will minimize the currents of dead lithium while maintaining the charging speed. Dead lithium is a crucial reason batteries lose capacity. and Lithium dies because of excessive current or overcharging. Oppo's algorithm relies on three years of laboratory explorations and gathered data to preserve as many active lithium ions as possible, so it really adapts itself continuously. Once once there is a consistent lithium ion activity and a long battery lifespan, Oppo can work on healing the power cell itself. And the battery healing technology repairs electrodes with an improved electrolyte formula, forming a more stable and durable film called solid electrolyte interface. And it really just shows that uh, it can keep the battery 80%, it can maintain the battery at 80% of its charge and complete 1600 complete cycles. So basically, what Apple's trying to do here is not go over 80%, so uh, not all the lithium ions move, which increases the chance of them staying like alive, essentially. So 
it's just a little behind Oppo's technology on battery and honestly I didn't know that battery could be so advanced and the amount of efficiency that needs to go into them in order for the batteries to last a long time. Okay, let's talk about Apple's March event. And they they launched more products than we would have expected. So let's dive right in. The iPhone SE 3 has been announced with better performance with the A15 Bionic, which is the same amount of performance you're gonna be seeing in the iPhone 13 Pro series and iPhone 13s. Uh, also with 5G and several camera upgrades because of the new chip. And Apple has also updated their iPad Air uh, with the new M1 processor and also 5G. And for power users, Apple has announced a new Mac Studio with blazing fast M1 Ultra. And also, which basically is two M1 Maxes combined together. And there's a new Apple Studio display with 5K resolution, and which is basically a more affordable version of the Pro XDR display that they launched in 2020. All right, so the iPhone SE 3, I think, is a really compelling smartphone to a lot of people. Basically, not everyone needs to buy the highest end phone and the latest and greatest best smartphone all the time. So I think this phone is a really good option for the people who don't want to spend a thousand plus dollars. And the iPhone SE 3 still isn't like the cheapest phone you can get, but it does come at a pretty affordable price at $429. So this phone has the same exact design as the iPhone SE 2. You really can't tell the difference. And it really looks the same as the iPhone 8 back in 2017, which is way too long ago to remember. So it has a five-year-old design. But what really matters is the internals. The battery life has been improved, according to Apple, because of the new battery charging tech and just battery tech in general and the efficiency of the A15 Bionic chip. So you can definitely last a whole day. Uh, and compared to the iPhone SE 2, the battery on the iPhone SE 3 is much better um, on this phone. So Apple has listened to consumers and customers um, on this feature. But um, the display is basically the same. The selfie camera and rear cameras are the same, but uh, basically the A15 Bionic chip provides deep fusion, which enhances uh, the quality and sharpness of images, as well as more vibrant colors and more accurate colors when coming to the rear and selfie cameras. But just keep in mind that the selfie camera is seven megapixels, so it is a bit outdated. And it also comes with a new ceramic shield front uh, and back on this iPhone SE 3, which is uh, which was a nice uh, which was a nice addition to this phone. I would have liked to see MagSafe on this phone, but you know, at four hundred twenty nine dollars, I'm not sure that many people are gonna be buying MagSafe uh, accessories to go with their phone. But that's the iPhone SE 3. I think it's a great option for people. Uh, that don't want to spend too much on a phone and if you do then this phone is really just not for you all right let's talk about the ipad air 5. the ipad air is getting apple's m1 chip which is basically just 
like making it closer and closer to what the iPad Pro really is and also uh, has 5G connectivity. It still starts at 64 gigs of storage, which is definitely too little, especially since it is 2022. Um, and it also has new colors coming in uh, at a blue, I think, and also um, a pink, I believe. And if you want to bump the storage up to 256 gigs, it does have to start at $750, which just cuts the gap between what the iPad Pro really is and the iPad Air. The main differences between the iPad Air and iPad Pro is really just the additional LiDAR sensor and ultra-wide sensor uh, you're going to be finding on the iPad Pro, as well as an 120Hz refresh rate uh, on the iPad Pros as well, which is, for me, a pretty big factor and why I really prefer the iPad Pro over the iPad Air. But if those things don't really bother you, then uh, the iPad Air is actually a pretty good option as a tablet, especially if you if you want to get some of the latest tablet features from Apple, but you don't want to spend uh, too much money. So the biggest announcement that Apple has made at this event and most leakers didn't really anticipate anticipate was the Mac Studio. The Mac Studio has a supercharged uh, M1 Ultra chip inside um, it, and it comes with the M1 Max chip or the M1 Ultra chip which offers 3.8 times more power than the iMac 27 inch and if you want to pick one up it starts at $2,000 and I believe if you want to go for the M1 Ultra uh, model that's going to cost uh, around $4,000, which is pretty insane for uh, a, a little uh, tiny Mac. But I really think that this Mac, the Mac Studio, replaces the iMac Pro, and which is why Apple discontinued that product. So the M1 Ultra provides insane speeds, and Apple says you can uh, really stream 18 streams of 8K video at the same time, which is just insane uh, because like they're just stepping it up and the performance is really just getting crazy on these devices. When the M1 Max came out, I thought that Apple was on a whole nother level, but with this chipset inside the Mac Studio, the M1 Ultra, it's just crazy. And Apple is basically combining two M1 Max chips into one. So... Uh, it doesn't work as two chipsets. It works together seamlessly as one because of this their interlaced technology which can uh, bond two M1 Max chips together. It's pretty it's pretty wacky. But Intel and AMD has tried doing this before, but they haven't been as successful as Apple has with their M1 Ultra chip. And the performance on Geekbench is pretty insane compared to uh, a lot of other Intel machines and AMD machines on the CPU side. GPU side, it's still pretty strong, but it's not the highest end. Apple did compare it to the 3090 on their in their keynote event. So uh, it basically provides the same amount of performance as the 3090 and uh, just consume, consumes less power, which is pretty crazy. Apple also 
mentioned that um this uh this uh Mac Studio has plenty of ports so you're going to be able to have uh an SD card reader, USB-C, uh USB-A, HDMI and I believe ethernet is on here as well. It basically looks like a Mac mini but just way taller. And I'm really shocked on how Apple's was really able to uh provide the performance that they did in such a compact uh compact box essentially. And I think that uh this is way too overkill for people like me and it's more geared towards uh people who create music, video edit or do crazy stuff with uh audio editing. Yeah, so Apple did mention this was going to be in a more studio environment, so that's these are for the creatives. Alongside Apple also introduced the Apple Studio Display, which is a 27-inch panel with 5K resolution, up to 600 nits of brightness, and a 12-megapixel camera and powerful speaker system that sounds amazing. This is much much more affordable compared to the Pro Display XDR, which started at $4,000. And the Apple Studio Display is uh, pretty pretty affordable, but compared to uh, displays that other manufacturers offer, it is on the more expensive side uh, of things. But that's basically what was announced at Apple's event. They did mention a few things on Apple TV+, and that was basically it. But it was a pretty good event, and I was surprised on uh, what they announced at this event. But Apple says that the M1, the M1 Ultra Mac Studio is not going to be replacing the M1, the the Mac Pro, and that the last Mac that they have to update for for the whole uh, to just create the the whole lineup to be M1 is uh, is their Mac Pro. Alright, we're almost through all the stories, but uh, let's talk about Nothing's The Truth event at March 23rd. So, this event has not um, happened yet. It's going to be coming on March 23rd, which is around three days from when I am recording this episode. I'm kind of excited uh, for what's coming at this event. I'm really no, not sure, but... I mean, there is speculation on what is going to be coming, which is what we're going to be talking about. So, its Series B funding round has brought in $70 million, which will be used to push forward with the development of new products, plus it will help further establish Nothing's new London design hub. Rumors of a Nothing smartphone have spread since the company's formation, primarily due to Pay's previously co-founding OnePlus. And also from it seemingly acquiring the Essential brand in 2021. But they have seriously gathered pace over the last weeks. Pei was photographed with several Qualcomm executives at Mobile World Congress. And prototypes of a device may have been secretly shown during the Barcelona trade show. Plus, much has been uh, read into a tweet of his simply saying, Back on Android. And I think just Carl Pei is trying to tease something here, but... I'm kind of excited for what's coming at their The Truth event. So just stay tuned for that, which is going to be coming on March 23rd.
Okay, let's talk about our last story for today, uh, which is iOS 15.4. So, so far, iOS 15 has been more minor update compared to iOS 14, iOS 13, but really, um, iOS 15 just brought minor tweaks and changes like focus, uh, notification summary, and more. And iOS 15.1, 15.2, 15.3 were kind of buggy. They didn't come with any amazing features or uh, changes to the UI, but iOS 15.4 will bring some new features that we've never seen on Apple products before. So the primary feature that everyone's going to be talking about is Face ID with a mask. With iOS 15.4, there is a new option to unlock your iPhone while wearing a mask with no additional hardware, like the Apple Watch, uh, like the Apple Watch card. Apple warns that full Face ID is the more secure option, but Mask ID is now available and is more secure than uh, Apple's Watch ID. Face ID with a mask can be enabled after updating to iOS 15.4, and it is designed to use the area around your eyes for authentication purposes. It does work with glasses, but it is not compatible with sunglasses, and you must be looking at the iPhone to unlock it with a mask on. There's new emojis uh, coming to iOS 15.4 as well, which includes 37 new emojis, 75 skin tone additions for a total of 112 new characters. New faces including melting face, saluting face, face with open eyes, and hand over mouth, face with peeking eye, face with diagonal mouth, and dotted line face, while new emojis include biting lip and bubbles. There are several new hand emojis such as heart hands, rightwards hand, leftwards hand, palm down hand, and more. There's also a nest with eggs, empty nest, x-ray, crutch, playground slide, wheel, ring, buoy, uh, ball, jar, identification card, low battery are new items, while plants and animals will include coral and lotus. There's also some including pregnant man. Uh, So, you know, if you want to represent yourself like that, that's all right. You could do that with the pregnant man. (laughs) Okay, so... Um, there's also a new feature which allows you to turn off notifications for personal automations in shortcuts. So if you want to do automations and you want them to run in the background, it usually in the in the past sends you a notification and asks you uh, that it tells you if that if uh, the shortcut has run. But um, in the new update, you'll be you'll be able to disable the notification so it just works seamlessly instead of having instead of having uh, notifications popping up all the time apple has also introduced the apple card widget with this update um, and can be added to the home screen and it shows uh, your daily spending in different categories and your current balance there's also iCloud Keychain Notes. iCloud Keychain users can now add notes to any password entry, uh, bringing iCloud Keychain more in line with other password storing options like 1Password. There's also hiding password alerts in iCloud Keychain, um, and 120Hz animations in third-party apps on iPhone uh, 13 Pro have been improved. So before some applications have been locked at 60 hertz, but now 
updating to iOS 15.4, you'll be able to unlock uh, new changes and basically uh, allow applications to run more smoother than they were before. SharePlay, uh, for SharePlay, um, there's an option to activate it directly from the share sheet. Um, there's also TV app customization. Um, and emergency SOS, basically, uh, there's a call with hold feature uh, to place an emergency call. Um, you can also have vaccination records in the health app. Tap to pay on iPhone gets um, improved with uh, compatible iPhones to accept payments through Apple Pay, contactless credit and debit cards, and other digital wallets without requiring additional hardware. But that's basically all the major updates. Uh, there is, oh yeah, there's also um, a new Siri voice, anti-stalking AirTag update, which basically prompts you to agree to saying like you're not going to stalk anyone with AirTags when you set it up. So that's always a good thing. But other than that, there's like bug fixes, battery life might be more improved. Um, but those were just the main features. Uh, oh, and iPadOS and macOS will basically be able to do the universal control that was uh, launched in iOS 15. This is going to be available, which basically allows you to use one mouse and keyboard to, co to control an iPad, uh, Mac, and other Macs as well. So. Um, that's all I have for this episode, episode 95 of the True Tech Podcast. We're getting close to 100, you know, slowly creeping up there, taking our times. Um, but let me know what you thought of this episode, uh, episode 95, down in Apple Podcasts. Just, like, leave a review, you know. Let me know what you think of the show. And thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you in episode 96. Peace.